When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to another ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com podcast. The voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now, onto the show. You're listening to the award-winning podcast, The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, featuring business experts, industry disruptors, game changers, and thought leaders to help you navigate a constantly changing marketplace. Want to build a successful business and become known as an influential voice in your industry? The Ambitious Entrepreneur Show will show you how. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Ambitious Entrepreneur Show. This is episode 263, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, become an influential voice in your industry with a podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. My guest today says increasing sales and revenue is really about one part training, one part skill, one part listening, and one part rapport. And joining me on today's show is Doug Brown. Doug is a business coach. He's a business scaling and sales expert. And he's worked with many companies from startups to Fortune 500 companies such as Procter & Gamble. In addition, Doug was also the president of sales and training at Business Breakthroughs International, which was a Chet Holmes and Tony Robbins company. Now, we're very privileged to have him on today's show. And today he's going to talk about tips and best practices on how business owners can increase their sales while maintaining a work-life balance. He's also gonna share tips and strategies on how business owners can formulate implementation processes, including tips for sales professionals about how to convert over audio formats and calls, as well as tips on staged and managed growth processes, something I know many ambitious entrepreneurs are interested in, as well as how to manage growing in multiple directions. Welcome to the show, Doug. Thank you, Anne-Marie. It's a pleasure for me to be here, and I appreciate you having me. Oh, look, my pleasure is, 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 pleasure is mine. This is an area that many businesses struggle with. They've got great products and services, yet trying to sell them um, is a whole other story. So um, let's dive in. How can we start to increase our sales while maintaining work-life balance? Is that even possible? Oh, it's absolutely possible. I mean, the first thing is it's all about positioning and alignment, usually with sales. So positioning and alignment is also for life. So when we are aligning our marketing messages, our sales processes, and everything's congruent all the way through, we cut the time and we create sales leverage in the process. We also make it a lot easier on our clients when we do this. And the same premise applies for life's balance, if you will. Uh, You know, life, I'm not sure is ever in 100% balance, or if it is, it's fleeting for the moment. Mm -hmm. But we could also create leverage within that process as well, and that in turn lowers our stress levels, improves our effectiveness, our efficiency, and productivity. Yeah, great point that you made there. And I'd imagine that when we do have the right systems and processes in place, things become streamlined. And the reason why it's taking so much longer time frame 
for sales and, and, and business owners are burning out is because they don't have those systems in place. Where would be a good place to start? Because obviously there are various aspects that we need to put into place. And one of the things I'm sure you see is businesses start working on tactics that are far advanced. They need to pull it back and, and get things in place first and foremost. What are some of those things that we're failing to do? Well, number one is we start with the end in mind, right? So we start with the outcome. A lot of people aren't clear on what they actually are committed to achieving. A lot of many companies and individuals will say, you know, I want this. But the question is, are you committed to this? Mm -hmm. So, you know, if they if it's just a want, then they start getting going and all of a sudden, you know, it's a little more involved than they wanted to or becomes a little more custom. Uh, I would say a little more custom to uh, the process of what they didn't think now becomes more. Uh, I would say cumbersome in that process because it's not clear on the outcome side of it. We can't build a plan on the on the front side of it. It actually achieves that in record-breaking speed. Yes. So you know, number one is the outcome. Yeah. Um, and number two is really that commitment uh, to the outcome. Yeah. Uh, again, a lot of people are not committed. They 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 want it. They think about it, but uh, they build a process around that want, and then they find out, hey, I didn't really want this, or geez, this isn't what we really wanted in the first place because they weren't clear on that outcome. Yeah, I love that you're saying that because as I'm picturing someone having a conversation with a prospective client, if the, uh, if the question's not asked, what is the outcome? What do you really want? How on earth can we help that potential client see the value of what we're offering and how our support expertise product can help that client get to what they want to achieve. And I think that's probably from the point of view of the salesperson, what's the outcome? Am I asking the right questions to start having that conversation? And we can't build that um, intention then, can we, if we're not even talking about that? And it's, it, it becomes very airy-fairy. Airy so would you start yeah. off right at the forefront? Because often we don't do this. Is you know, so Obviously, we try and, and, and round about and ask all these questions, which is just not relevant. What is it that you want? What are you struggling with? How can I help you? And, and so what, what are some good questions that you know work really well to open up that conversation? Because that's what it is, isn't it? Conversation to see how we might be able to support one another. It's all conversation. It's it, we are not, a lot of people think they're selling to titles. So they think, you know, hey, I'm selling to a CEO, a CFO, a business owner, a parent, a child, whatever. They think they're selling to that, that title or that entity. Mm -hmm. And the reality is when you strip away those titles from people, they're, they're what they are, people. Yeah. So people have wants, needs, desires, fears. They all, you know, tend to have certain uh, needs that all are the same. Mm -hmm. I mean, we want love, contribution, significance, all kinds of things. And so we're really having a meaningful dialogue and a meaningful conversation with one or more people. Sometimes we have to sell ourselves, so that's one person, but others we have to sell to others. And selling's not about selling, it's about the positioning of alignment in a win-win fashion. Mm. And this is where a lot of people miss it. They start crafting their outcomes on, well, my company wants to achieve this, but they're missing it on what does the client want as well? Because not every sale is a good sale. Mm -hmm. So it's uh, in the qualification or disqualification process, that part should be sped up in most sales cycles that I've ever looked at or any sales processes because people hang in too long because they're trying to play win-lose. They're trying mm -hmm. to make a sale when it's really not the right sale for yes. the other individual or entity. Yeah. 
you know, you talked about something I just want to cover and I know we're only scratching the surface. I'm going to share with everyone how they can get in contact with you to really get this in place. But you said sales processes. And I think we've got to realise that there is a buying journey and we can speed that up, but it's all around that conversation. So typically, if, and a lot of people who are listening in our audience are service-based, so professional service-based business owners. They're selling their services, their expertise. So typically, is there like the step-by-step, -step, like an introduction for um, conversation first, just to see what's happening, the next conversation? Can you map that out? So map that out. The reason I ask that is so often we think one conversation, we should be able to sell someone. But it's not like that way at all, is it? No, no. But there is a uh, formality or, or process to it, if you will. Right. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, the first step is preparation. This is the, the biggest step that most people miss. Mm -hmm. They just start trying to get in there and, and have a conversation like they were walking into, I don't know, a, a pub, you know, or a restaurant or something. And it's like, hey, how you doing? Right. So it's not really the proper way to do it. Preparation includes knowing everything you can about that potential person or people you're going to speak with. So once that's done, the next step is connection. Mm. So how do we connect? Original connection. A lot of people think rapport is the first step. No, no, that's the third step. Uh -huh. All right, so preparation, connection, then building rapport. Yes. Now, this is where another part where a lot of people, they take too long. They stay in the rapport phase so long that they burn off the time that they actually have. So depending on the, and there's other parts to this, you know, there are people who are considered drivers, right? They just want you to get right to the point or people who are methodical who have to really process it. So there's some human factors into this, but the, the, the three basics are preparation, connection, rapport. Then what you want to do is you want to go into the, the qualification or disqualification process that yeah. most people, well, before, let me back up. So you're going to go into rapport then what you're going to do is you're going to set a frame. <clears throat> so what, what a lot of people don't do is set the frame. The frame is, hey, what is your outcome? This is my outcome. This is what I'm seeking. Yeah. Right. So this is the template in which you work off of throughout the whole process. This is the, the basis for the next step, which is getting into an agreement. Mm -hmm. So you actually set an agreement. Okay, if you want this and I want that, what happens once we complete this step? Yes. Then once it goes from there, now we're walking into the discovery processes, which a lot of people will call the qualification or disqualification stage. Mm -hmm. okay. Now the first, the preparation should take a, a while, but the other stages up to the discovery session should be very quick. Yes. And a lot of people stay too long in that process. They try to get too friendly. They cross what we call, uh, call the friendly line. Mm. So instead of keeping the professionalism in the relationship that has been built, they cross that friendly line and all of a sudden, the rapport starts dropping. Yes, yes. Okay, so, so you know, you're going to make a connection. The rapport is going to be built. You're, you're going to set up the frame. Mm -hmm. That frame mm -hmm. is, I want this, you want that. We'll get into agreement on that. Then you go into the discovery session. That should be where people are asking the most questions. Yes, yes. Makes so much sense. And you know what, as I was saying, because I, I, I have been in situations where it's like, oh, my goodness, because you really do feel, um, you know, unprepared and unconfident but, and not confident. However, the reason why we often stay in rapport is because we either we don't have the system and, and, and a map to work and we just we don't want to start to have that conversation and then to get to the kind of the close and then overcoming objections and all those sorts of things. 
But I think if we take the pressure off, and really it is about finding out what is this person, what are they struggling with, you may not be able to help them. And I would imagine that if you have this process, you get into the agreement, you, you set up that framework of obviously first, the person to whom you're speaking with feels um, validated and feels that there is a process and it, 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 there is a reason why you're asking these questions and things like that. They feel co confident that you understand exactly what you're doing because how we approach from a mindset point of view, how we come to a conversation, uh, even the unspoken you know, behaviour impacts what the conversation is going, how it's going to go and flow and all that. That's probably something that you speak to as well. Oh, absolutely. And you mentioned the key word, confidence. Yeah. So, you know, I always tell people, look, confidence is sexy. Yeah. Right. People always want somebody, they would prefer to work with somebody who's confident and competent. But if they had to choose the, over the two, uh, I've seen them lean more toward confidence, wow. you know. So it's yeah. it's really about lowering their buying fears and increasing their buying confidence in the process. The higher you can get the buying confidence, mm. the more that they will tend to want to go toward the sale. Yes. The challenge for most people is they try to move them from fear, which they're already in most of the time in any type of sales scenario. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, uh, if you think about the word salesperson, uh, not a lot of good words sometimes come to people's minds. Yes. Um, so the reality is that they're already in some type of position which is usually some type of discomfort or fear. And so we have to move them from that to a neutral state first, and then from a neutral state into the buying confidence state. One of the challenges for many people is they try to move them directly from fear into buying confidence, and what they're doing is they're amplifying their fears, mm. the buyer's fears already yes. present. And so now fear goes up, buying confidence drops, and therefore what happens? Lots of objections, yes. stalls. Yes. You know, smoke screens because the buyer's trying to protect themselves. And the second word you said was systematize or system. Here's the bottom line a seller either has a system because the buyer definitely has a system, mm. and the buyer system is set up to protect them. So if a seller doesn't have a system that conveys confidence, conveys trust, conveys, you know, mm. like, want, need, reduces the fears then what's going to happen is the buyer will revert to their system and their system is i am going to not get hurt at all cost that's what's going to happen yes and so you know that's where people get into a, a lot of um metaphorical arm locks with with people they're trying to sell to and the reality is that objections are a part of a sales process mm -hmm. however in the discovery process and in the rapport process if they're doing it right and adding the value and creating what i call yes states yes and heading off these objections as they go along most of the time objections don't come up yeah that's right because you've taken the time you've led them through they feel confident that you know what the, you're doing and they feel confident too because any questions that they may have had and not even mentioned to you the boxes have been ticked i feel comfortable yes we've moved so we talked about getting into agreement with what was happening and obviously then um conveying you have to convey confidence as you're going through the discovery qualification process are there some that some next steps to come to the end i mean obviously the sales conversation may go into multiple conversations but after the discovery and qualification are there some closing steps to that to that kind of they're very much, well if if, if it's done right, the client will actually close themselves, especially for your service-based yes. providers, because, you know, you know, I'm a, a coach by trade, right? So, yes. <laughs> um, and if, if it's done right, 
then the objections are less. Yeah. You don't need to present. That's another thing. And so normally it depends on the sales um, proposition, if you will, the sales scenario. It really depends on what you're selling. Mm -hmm. So if we're selling into a, you know, a, a large corporate audience, many times you're going to have to go through some additional like presentation type steps. Mm -hmm. And then there'll be multiple meetings. So, you know, if it's, but if it's a general coaching or service-based type business, once they do the discovery session, if they, once they know how to do it and they're packing in what I call value and service, because mm -hmm. about 76% of the buying decision statistically is based on those two factors. Yes. 76 is based on service and value. And those two are deemed whatever the heck the person you're talking to really values. Yes. So that's, we've got to be listening to, to the, that conversation and what they're telling us. Absolutely. So the, the best way to listen is to get them to talk. And what do you get them? How do you get them to talk? By asking questions that will get them to talk more open-ended questions or what they're really called. Yeah. Those that will elicit a response where they're talking and expressing themselves. Yes. Not asking a, a set yes or no, you know, I want a definitive yes or no type answer, especially mm -hmm. in the discovery process, because it's called discovery process. So that's what yes. we're trying to do. Yes. Um, then once you're through that process and you build value and service throughout that process, mm -hmm. many times there's no presentation needed. Yeah. It's so like, when do we happen? get started? I love this. What's exactly. the best way? Because they're, they're, you're affirming their their feeling of yes throughout the whole process yeah. now you know this is an overview of what what we we teach and what we yeah. install in companies and it works really well yeah. once people understand it and implement it so from there one other tip is in that discovery process we're always using little tiny what i call yes commitments some people call these trial closes mm -hmm. some people will call them test closes but it, it's just finding out where we're going through the process yeah. And the more you can get somebody to say yes, 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 throughout the process, it's not really congruent for the human brain to say yes 35 times and then say no at the end. Yes, yeah. Especially if we cleared all of the obstacles about price and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, the investment structure and all of these things throughout that process. Mm -hmm. Once you get to that place, you then test the water again. And if the water is like, hey, yeah, I want to jump in. Then all you do is just do a simple close. Yeah. A lot of times my simple close, Anne-Marie, is very simple. Would you like to move forward with this right now? Yeah. Right? And they say yes, and off we go. Mm -hmm. Right? And so it doesn't have to be this uh, a lot of different skills that are taught on closing. Closing begins for your audience. Closing begins way before you ever even talk. To the individual yeah so so true i've seen something um or, or, or observed and listened to someone who was having a call and it was so elegant it really was elegant and they were there asking the questions and you could really see um the the person so the prospective client feel so validated and heard because quite mm -hmm. often and as you said the the salesperson has an agenda and there's two conversations going and you think they're talking about the same thing, but they're completely different because one kind of stops breathing and the other jumps in. But if you're listening there and you've got great questions and you guide that sales, you know, that potential client, they'll feel so heard and validated. And if you, as you said, you've got to provide value and service, all of that there, 
then it just becomes that easy yes for them because they can see that you really understand them and you've got that solution. Let's talk about something else. Tips and strategies on how business owners can formulate implementation processes uh, and about how to convert over audio formats and, and calls. What are some things within there that you want to share today? Well, over audio is really no different than any other medium, but mm. the, there is one major difference. They can't see you. <laughs> right. So, so, you know, there was a study put out a long time ago, um, which, you know, said that 7% of the words we use really matter. And then it was body language and uh, inflection. Mm. Well, the reality is that, you know, in body language was given a very high, high, high value. Well, that's if you're in front of somebody. Yes. So it was a uh, Dr. Moravian. Uh, I believe he still teaches at the, I'm not sure if it's the University of San Francisco, but a college in, in, in California. And, you know, this was kind of a standard, like, oh, well, 7% of the words and then the other breakdowns. And the reason I say the other breakdowns is because when you start to change medium, mm. like if you, you start to use video, we can actually see body language. Mm. Now, when he was talking about that study, what he primarily was talking about was facial expressions. But a lot of people talk with their hands. Uh, or they move their body in different ways. And so that's not available in audio. Mm. So when we're doing audio, our inflection and the words we use have a lot more meaning. So if I said a lot more meaning, or I said a lot more meaning, or I said it in different ways, you're just as a listener, you're going to go, what, what? Why did he raise his voice like this? Right? It's mm. just different. So when using audio, as a medium and I've sold lots of stuff over just audio. Yeah. And you know, in fact, uh, I had one deal, uh, your service-based people were probably like this. I closed the, I think it was $420,000 wow. coaching deal yeah. uh, with a very large company over the phone. Mm. We, I never met the person ever. Yeah. Right. And we ended up servicing that company. So large deals can be closed without meeting people. Yeah. Um, at least for coaching, that's a large deal. Yeah, for, for most massive. People. Yes. But yes. certainly many, many five, ten, fifteen thousand dollar programs um, or monthly programs of that same magnitude have been closed over using just the phone. Yes. Now, especially when I started out doing it, because you didn't have video like we have today. So <laughs> the you tools only had we have now, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right. So you had in person or or uh, over the phone. Yeah. I mean, it's that simple. I never met the people at Procter and Gamble. I closed that over the phone. Yeah, amazing. That was right? yeah. Something that you, you mentioned in this, and this is what we've got to be very mindful of, is that even if we are you know, speaking with someone face-to-face, -face, say through Zoom, and they can see us, or even if they can hear us, is what we are saying and how we're bringing that forward, like the inflection, even our body language, is that also as confident? Or are we sitting there with closed shoulders and kind of just following like the script? It's so important how we show up in totality or, or there's probably a term that you have we have to be mindful because if the words are not congruent with the mannerisms and the voice and the inflection then there's going to be a level of mistrust there isn't there Lack absolutely and that's yeah. why only play win-win yeah be the first to, to know you can walk away from it because if it's not the win win you know formula then generally when people play the other formula and sometimes they do that because there's scarcity they're like oh my gosh I only have so many leads or 
oh my gosh, I got to close this because I got to make so much money this month. Mm -hmm. And what ends up happening is they end up skewing their perception of what win-win is and they end up taking on a client. Those are usually the clients who are unhappy. Yes. So it's not, not a bad client. It was a bad decision by the selling entity to actually take the client on. Yeah. And so when they play win-win, and a, a good way to remember this is what is your moral obligation to mm -hmm. what you do? Do you feel so strongly about it in a win-win fashion that they must have it? Yeah. Because if they don't, it may not be a win-win play mm -hmm. if they're not feeling that inside. So when they're not feeling that way, a lot of times, Anne-Marie, what will happen is the body language will start changing. And just the fact, like, I'm going to just keep talking. I'm going to drop my head right now. You can probably hear a little bit different than the tone because mm -hmm. I'm cutting off my 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 airflow now i'm back up yes so i sound a lot more confident here than i down the here right it gets more nasally and so people can sense that over the phone a lot more than people give them credit for because they can't see yeah. so one of the senses is actually blocked yes right sight yeah so that's why inflection and the words we use even matter more so the percentages on infle on on the tonality of our voice and the inflection we use goes goes up yeah, yeah. drastically, yeah. if you will. I, I have to share something uh, that, that validates what you're just saying and, and how I've used it. I've done a lot of phone coaching, interview coaching, job search coaching with clients and never been able to see them. So even though I'm more visual, it's quite similar though, more visual, um, my, my hearing has been able to pick up certain things. So sometimes when I'm speaking to someone and it is face to face, I have to be mindful, look at them because I'm so often tempted to close my eyes because you can actually hear what they're not saying, you know, yes. and it's true. You yes. really do. And I, and I think in that instance, as people who are talking, and, and I love the way that you're saying win-win because at the end of the day, integrity and being able to support that ideal client the best you know, possible. And I think intuitively, we know whether that person is the right client or not. And if it's not the right client or the, not the right time, say that because I think there's going to be a far better level of respect by saying that at the forefront and then working with them, maybe giving them some ideas on how they can become ready, I, I think is far more important because then at the end of the day, you're either working with a client that becomes a, a you know an issue for you and you're not able to deliver or it's a no, which really was going to be a no anyway. And, and that's going to impact your self-confidence and, and the whole prospect of sales anyway. Great, great points there. Let's talk about something that I know many ambitious entrepreneurs want to do, scale their business and, and how to manage that growth. And I know that that's something that you speak into. Tips on stage and manage growth processes, even if they've got multiple directions in their business too. What do we need to know here? Well, the first thing to know is should you be scaling or not? <laughs> so again, with the outcome in mind, um, a lot of people think that they need to scale when they're at a lower revenue. And now a lower revenue is industry dependent, right? If we're, if we're an automobile dealership, for example, our revenues are going to be a lot higher than say a service-based business because selling an automobile at $100,000 or $50,000, you start selling those, all of a sudden you're a million dollar company pretty quickly. Yes. Um, you know, so, you know, in fact, auto dealers, uh, they, they would go out of business if they were only a million dollar company because their overhead is so high. So the, it depends on where you are, whether you should scale or not scale. A lot of people think they should scale and I give them kind of a three to four part formula, depending on what they're doing. The mm. first thing is start, get going. Mm. You got to start. There's no question about it. The next thing is you've got to sell. And those two things right there 
start and selling, you need to get those two in line to what I call stability. So I'm using all S's for alliteration like purposes, mm -hmm. right? So you're gonna you're gonna start, you're gonna sell, and you're gonna get stable. Now, when you are stable, when that person is stable, and for a lot of people, it's different. So for some people, it's like, well, you know what? When I'm at $200,000 a year as a coach, I'm stable. If I can have that predictable, sustainable, repeatable every single year, mm -hmm. knowing I've got that in, in a system, now I'm stable. For some people, it's 500,000. For some people, it's a million. For some, you know, larger companies, I mean, it could be, you know, $150 million, a billion dollars. Um, and so once that's kind of at that place, but in, I'm, I'm going to back loop back here to, to most of the people that you had mentioned are probably listening to this, mm -hmm. um, which is probably the zero up to a million dollar, mm -hmm. you know, coach service provider. You can sell your way easily before you have to scale easily up to a million dollars. Now, what you wanna do instead of scaling is leverage. There's a little bit of a difference between scaling and leverage. Leverage means you're creating more with the existing things that you have by using other systems, other people, services, other, so you're, you're kind of outsourcing yes. or you're bringing people in house and that's gonna create leverage. But whatever your stability point is, get stable first and cre create that into a system because scaling is the process of ramping that up. Mm. So if we have a shaky foundation and we try to scale a shaky foundation, we're gonna create stress and chaos. Yes, you are speaking my language. You are speaking my language. In fact, I have just put together just this mini training because so many people are coming to me and go, we need a podcast platform and everything. And when we've looked at what they're doing, they haven't built the foundation. So you can have right. you can have far more publicity and leads coming in, but if you haven't got proper systems and processes and, or programs to launch them into, and then you hear these coaches, they're spending tens of thousands of dollars on, on celebrity kind of things when they don't even have the proper foundations in, in place and they should be Absolutely. starting. Yeah, yeah, and that often becomes a, a huge, huge issue. Doug, we have uh, covered a lot today. I know it's gonna be so very helpful. But as we said, we've just scratched the surface sales this is one of the key things that we have to get good at i mean i'm an extroverted introvert but i know that a lot of introverts are, are listening and and, and watching because i'm doing a recording a video too that we need to get comfortable in having conversations being able to to um to speak to prospective clients rather than just hoping they're going to come and say yeah i want to work with you there's a whole lot of processes in between that that we need to learn how do they connect with you how do they find out more so that you can support them in achieving this well, they could go to my website, which is www.businesssuccessfactors.com. So plural on the factors, um, because there's not just one factor that makes your business a success. And or they could send me an email at doug at businesssuccessfactors.com. If they go to my website, uh, they could pick a if they wanted to have a conversation. There's a 15 minute uh, scheduling process there for them. They could click on that and schedule a time in uh, either myself or one of our team members schedules. And uh, you know we'll have a conversation with them and we'll evaluate what's going on. The next step from there is usually we want to assess what's going on with their business. So we'll have that evaluation session and then we'll probably suggest an assessment process that we walk them through so we can find all the untapped revenue or untapped profits that they have in their business. A lot of a lot of businesses just have blind spots yes. and they don't know where to go So because they're blind, they can't see them, right? So that yeah. would be the, the two major ways of getting over. And if they want to connect with me on LinkedIn, it's uh, Doug Brown, one, two, three. 
yeah, uh, on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll go from there. Yeah, fabulous. Um, it's great, um, I think, to, to realize as businesses, so often we think it's something to do with us. However, as we've said, and if you've alluded to, it's the systems, the processes that we haven't had in place. It's just nothing to do with the value that we offer. Because often as service-based businesses, when we continue to get no, it really is a, a cutting to our self-esteem and self-confidence. But it is because you don't have the right processes in place and your inhibitions or your you know, anxiousness is impacting the conversation. So if this is something that you're struggling with, please, please, please reach out to Doug. I've, this is a couple, we've had a couple of conversations on LinkedIn and of course connected before and you are the real deal when it comes to this. And I think there's nothing better than to learn from someone who has done it himself for many, many years. And, and as we said in the introduction, you've worked with some pretty big names. So um, it's such an honor to have you on the show today, Doug. Well, thank you. It's been a pleasure to be here. Could I could I make a little plug for something that you're not aware of yet? But sure, absolutely, go for it. Okay, so um, I just talked with a publisher. I decided to put out a book. I've written several books, but never put them out. So I talked with the publisher. The publisher's taking this on, and within the next sixty days, I should have a, a the first published book. So if your listeners want, it's going to be on the psychology and how that you res you know the resolution of objections. Everything that keeps an objection, how to form, uh, starts it, where they come from, how they form, how you can uh, not crush them, but resolve them with people. Mm -hmm. So when you get at that stuck point, uh, and uh, I didn't want to write a book about this you know, whole sales process. I wanted to dig into something deep. Yeah. Uh, and you know, so I'll start doing that on every subject matter now that I know that yeah, uh, it's been well received. But if yeah. you if your listeners want a uh, a copy of the book or they want uh, you know even an ebook copy once it's released, I'll send them the ebook copy for free. Yeah, fabulous, fabulous. And of course, we'll put all of the ways that you can connect with Doug on our show notes, ambitiousentrepreneurnetwork.com forward slash aes two six three. Thank you so much for that incredibly generous generous offer. I think um, you know handling those objections, as you've alluded to, if if we do the right process and the steps in place, a lot of those objections are no longer going to be concerns but being able to speak into that uh, is valuable because how often um, do we want to avoid that because that's when it gets to the pointy end and sometimes it's just a matter of leading the you know potential client through that with the same level of confidence and inflection and then the answer is yes and uh, so often we miss that again thanks for coming on the show thanks for um, sharing that ebook and I know that's going to be a valuable resource for many ambitious entrepreneurs in the future as well Thank you again, Anne-Marie. It's been a pleasure. You're a consummate professional, and I appreciate working with people like yourself. Fabulous. You've been listening to the Ambitious Entrepreneur Show, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out. Be heard. Influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including our no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklists to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>